Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. And on this show, we talk primarily about investing in apartment real estate to achieve legacy wealth and financial freedom. So let me talk a little bit about our guest today, Buddy Rushing. I'm excited for this one. We've been connected in so many of the same circles, um, even though I'm not from White Feather, his his business and his investment firm, and but just through the Naval Academy network and just being a better, we, we've been connected. So Buddy is the president and CEO of White Feather Investments. He started the business with his wife and the name of the firm derives from the deadliest sniper in Marine Corps history. So Carlos Hathcock, who was known for the white feather he carried in his boonie cover to taunt the enemy as he hunted them down. I think that's that's just badass. <laughs> Buddy is a former Marine Corps officer and a 2004 graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, where he earned a degree in aerospace engineering. I, too, earned a degree in engineering. And uh, without further ado, let's bring in our guest, Buddy Rushing. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. And I, I can tell if you're anything like me, the engineering degree from the Naval Academy kicked your teeth in. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. So I, I, I proudly hold, you know, the the bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering. But I got to be honest, if it were a wrestling match, it probably held me. <laughs> it, it beat me up good. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a badge of honor for anybody that studied engineering. At any service academy, uh, you yeah. know you you know the struggle, especially balancing all the the rigors of drill and the mandatory right. fun football games and basketball games. That's all right. right. You you know the struggles, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, glad to have you on the show, buddy. So let's just jump into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, your story, how you got started in real estate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think something that I found is probably the most common thread amongst military people is I started by reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is, you know, a, obviously the best-selling personal finance book of all time for a reason, right? It's interesting because when I first read it, I was in <clears throat> Helmand Province, Afghanistan on a long-range patrol, and it was a, it was a mac up patrol, an, an armored patrol, and so like whenever you set in for the night, you set in, and you just have to stay awake all night. It's so boring. I'm sitting in there, and, you know, I, I find this little like purple tiny paper butt book in between the seats of the MRAP that I was in. And I start reading it and I finish it. I don't stop until it's done. It's a short book, but still, how often do you just read straight through a book? And then I read it again. And I remember thinking two things. Number one, it's horribly written, right? It's like a child wrote it, right? As far as like, you know, the the grammatical sort of context and all that stuff. And then it repeats itself a lot and blah, blah, blah. But two, absolute gold in the pages unbelievable concepts in those pages that I never knew were possible because I grew up in the South in a poor part of the country and a poor part of the state on WIC and food stamps. And, you know, my, I never, I never had the idea. I'm not from money. My, my mom's family is a poor Mexican family. My dad's family is a poor white family. And you bring those two together and you get a poor half breed family. And, uh, 
you know, that's what we were. That was what I grew up in. And, and it, you just never, you never think that it could be possible for you growing up like that. And that book, no kidding. I can't overstate this. That book changed the way that I thought about what I could do in my life. And then from there, you know, it's been a flurry of activity. You can, you know, you can go on. I've, I've done a bunch of podcasts and things like there's been articles written. You can read about the journey. I won't, I won't spend too much time on it here, but it's been a flurry of activity since then. That's most of which I did while I was on active duty. And, you know, that forced me to bring on team members. It forced me to build systems. It forced me to trust people and, and so on. And that, that is, that set up a system that once I got out, not only was I able to scale it, but also when the pandemic hit, I was already in the virtual space. So it didn't, the pandemic didn't really affect us at all because I was forced to go virtual because I was doing it in my spare time. And so there's a lot of stuff to unpack in there, but yeah, it started with the book in Afghanistan. Awesome. Awesome. And then what is White Feather? Tell us about the yeah. the real estate accelerator, how you were able, especially how you were able to create the course and the resources behind it. Cause it's very detailed. It's very in depth. It's a very excellent course. Of course, I know a lot of buddies that's been through it. Yeah. And what's the story and how you were also able to scale the business? I know I, I packed a lot of questions in. So let me just go with the first one. What is White Feather? And then how did that how did that origin, how did that start come about? And then how did that transition to the accelerator and you were able to build that course? Yeah. That, I mean, that is the question. Like what is White Feather is the question because a lot of people get confused because there's so many different facets. We're buying short-term rental properties in Florida and we're doing syndications and we're buying apartment complexes and you know 300 single family rentals over the course of three years and in the Midwest and so on. And then solar of all things out here in Southern California, an RV business, right? I'm thinking of buying a plane and, and starting a business out of that. All of that stuff kind of clouds what people sort of understand. White feather is ultimately about helping military people and their families create financial freedom. Real estate happens to be the you know vehicle of choice. And it's because real estate has created more self-made millionaires than any other industry in America. And it also has a higher risk-adjusted return than any other investment you can make. Just Google this stuff. This is not me making it up. Just Google it. Risk-adjusted return, it's a higher return than any other investment you can make. And it's accessible to the average person. So our goal in White Feather is not to make a millionaire their next million. It's to help normal people like Buddy Rushing, Second Lieutenant Buddy Rushing, right? Or Ensign Dre Evans, who, you know, I mean, people know about your past, right? You didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth either, right? Mm -hmm. You got to where you are because people believed in you and you worked hard and you sacrificed and there was opportunity because you're an American, mm -hmm. right? All of those things together come together. And if you believe in something enough, you can make it happen. And White Feather is about helping all military people who choose to take ownership of their own journey and believe that they can create financial freedom. It's about accelerating that for them, right? Because my whole idea is I have seen, I was a company commander twice. I was a platoon commander and <clears throat> I have seen countless Marines transition out. And when they transition out and they take off the uniform and they lose that sense of structure and purpose and income, they do what they have to do to survive to provide for their family. And oftentimes it's way less rewarding than what they were doing in uniform. And they do a lot of self-destructive things to cope with that. And we all know this, this is not, this is not news, right? Homelessness is a much higher percentage in the military community than it is, you know, in the civilian community. And so is suicide. And we all know this drug abuse, alcohol abuse. It, we can do something about it, right? We, 
together. We as a coalition, as a collective, we can do something about it. And then, and we've got numerous examples of this in White Feather. So at its core, White Feather is about helping people create a life that is the embodiment of the American dream that they signed up and fought to protect. That's the best way that I can say it. You go out and you put yourself potentially in harm's way. Even if you're not in harm's way, you're sacrificing, sacrificing your family and your time. You're doing all that to preserve this American dream, this idea that Dre Evans can come up in the hood and can make something out of himself and change his legacy forever, that Buddy Russian could come up on food stamps and WIC and could change his legacy forever because we're American. And in America, you have that ability. That's what we're fighting to protect in uniform. And then most of them go and they don't live that dream themselves. And that's a tragedy. So White Feather is about helping to change that. Yeah. So you, you talked about how you started White Feather and then what happened next? Like that you were woke up one day and said, Hey, I'm going to start a course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a God. I, I, I do. I personally, I'm a believer. I I believe that God works in our life and, and that there, there are reasons that things happen. And uh, for me, it's the only way I can explain some of the crazy stuff that happens, right? As well. And so I did not want to do a course. I, I had, I had, I had resisted starting a course. I mean, that's kind of the natural progression, right? It's like you have some success in real estate. You write a book. You do a course. But I was like, oh, I don't have time for that because I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm building this. I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm on my journey to financial freedom too. And so Scott Mackus, who is, he runs the Serps Academy Business Mastermind, which yep. is this online group of about, I think there's like 15,000 people or something in this online group. It's, it's really a, a wonderful thing he's created. It's a, it's a network of people that are all Service Academy grads who essentially just, they're in all walks of life, all businesses, all levels of success, right? You have $250 million net worth people and you have zero net worth people all trying to like work together and it's wonderful. Anyway, he reached out to me. He said, hey, buddy, I've got this big network, lots of stuff going on. People starting e-commerce businesses and Amazon delivery businesses and all this. Nobody's doing real estate, but everybody wants to do it. But I don't have a, I don't have somebody who can run a real estate accelerator for me. Would you do it? And I'm not kidding. He wouldn't leave me alone, which is why I eventually said yes. He just kept me. He was such a nice guy and he just kept pushing. That's and I'm like, all right, fine. I will. Here's what, here's, I will put together something and I'll hold Saturday calls and we can have, you know, maybe 20 people on these calls and then we'll, we'll see how it goes. And so we ran a pilot course for six months where I had Saturday calls. That's all it was just Saturday calls every other Saturday. And I would make the coursework during the week and then I would present it during the week on Saturday. And that's all it was. It was nothing more than that. And it went crazy. People were like, this is awesome because I created a course that was not an educational course. It's an action course with an educational backbone, mm-hmm. right? And the number one thing that I found, and I took all the high price courses, courses when I was started, the new wealth course and the rich dad course and all of this, I paid tens of thousands of dollars for these courses and they were good courses, but the problem was they, they left out the action components. They gave you rings and rings of education and no support for real action. And so I said, well, what if we flip that on his head and did an action course that drives action and gives support for making offers, taking down deals, market analysis, tax and legal, everything that you need to actually do a deal. And we strip away all excuses, <laughs> the self-limiting excuses for why you don't do deals. And you know it, you've run into them, I've run into them, right? Once those are all stripped away and you have the network to support it, you should do deals. And then we'll just throw in all of this education that you need to get there and it went crazy. People started doing deals left and right and forming teams, forming JVs. 
And we were like, well, we have something here. This is creating monsters. And so let's formalize it. So we formalized it and uh, created this accelerator. And now it's been three years running. We've graduated over 200 people and you know, closing on half a billion dollars worth of rental property acquisitions through the people in the course, just an insane amount of action. And that's what, that's the only thing that I care about is the amount of action that they take that gets them closer to financial freedom, right? And we track all that. And so now, actually right before this call, I was shooting another video. I'm shooting every single video again with new information and new, the lessons learned from, you know, three years worth of all of this. And the whole idea is how to increase the acceleration for people that enter the course, knowing nothing, most of them, to by the end of the course, having, you know, a portfolio, having taken action, having saved tens of thousands of dollars in taxes and so on. And I'm launching Accelerator 2.0 in January. A lot of people are excited about that. We've already, we've already uh, piled uh, most of the seats full. So. Awesome. And so what's the story on how you were able to scale White Feather Den? So you, you talked about the origin, you got into this accelerator, you obviously leveraged the Service Academy Business Mastermind Network, and then what happened next? How were you able to really take off with White Feather and then branch it to like solar and RV and everything else? Yeah, that's the key, man, because it starts with an idea. Everybody has ideas. Ideas are the you know simplest and easiest thing that you can find, right? And then people tend to, when you can combine that with action, you tend to have success. A lot of people will have success right out of the gate. And that's where most people stall. That's where most businesses stall is kind of smaller scale success. The key to scaling, right? And scaling is difficult. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. Scaling being taking this product or service or value that you've created and systematizing it and turning it into something much bigger that doesn't require more work of you. That's the key to scale. If anybody tells you, I grew from this, you know, uh, you know, million dollar a year business to $10 million a year business, the first thing I would ask is, well, how much more are you working? Because if they're working 10 times as hard, that's not scale. They didn't scale that. They didn't grow a bigger business. They grew a bigger job for themselves. And understand this, financial freedom is not about how much money you make. It's about how much decisional maneuver space you have within your day. If you can go to work or not go to work, if you can lay on a beach or stay in front of your computer and you have that decision and your livelihood and your income is not affected by what decision you make, that's freedom. I'm talking about financial freedom, not financial wealth. Some people reach it at 10 grand a month of passive. Some people, it takes a lot more or less, right? So it's important to remember that because people, they confuse this all the time. They confuse net worth and income with financial freedom, right? So how do you scale was the question. How did I scale? I had the benefit of having to do it in my spare time. And so I had to put systems in place and I had to put people in place. Systems and people. Okay. When I say systems, I mean something as simple as Google Calendar, something as simple as a nutshell, which is our CRM, something as simple as Google Docs, a shared Google Doc with three or four people that contribute to that thing. And there's attribution, meaning I know who changes what when. And, you know, and there's specific sort of roles that are delegated to each person. I brought on Greg Namro, who was a Marine that got out and worked in the corporate world for a little while. And then he decided that he wanted that he was he was bought into the mission and the vision of White Feather. So I brought him on, beat him mercilessly, paid him very little for a year, and uh, he rose to the challenge. And now he's my right-hand guy and he's killing it. And so that was a big part of it. People, right? You've heard of Who Not How. Right? If you haven't read that book, you really should. Who Not How. 
and you bring the right people in place, which is easier said than done. And you put the systems in place for, for accountability and for, for managing all of the different things you have going on. And then you decide to focus. And this is, I can't stress this enough in the time that you have allocated to that, you hyper-focus. If somebody tells you they're too busy, it just means that they're not focused enough and they're not prioritizing properly. Okay. So I had a full-time job. I was, I was, you know, a, a, a staff member on the mess staff, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes in places where I couldn't answer the phone and couldn't be on a computer. And yet I was running three businesses at the time successfully and growing all three. And the reason was not because I'm special. It's just because I've hyper-focused and it just, just to be very specific, I would sit in front of my computer. Let's just say I had 45 minutes. I would, on my way to the computer, go into my head, what are the top IPAs I need to be focusing on? Income producing activities. What are the top IPAs? Everything else needs to be put aside for another time. Okay. Answering this particular email, presenting this deal to this person. Okay. Maybe talking to this person who is a turnkey provider who can provide more deals. Those are IPAs or close to it, as close as you can manage. 45 minutes. I put on my headset. I turn on Epic Music Mix on YouTube so that it just drowns out everything and it gets you energetically in the right spot. I'm not kidding. And I just crush emails. There are, there, there are tons of studies that follow this, that your productivity increases 30, 40, sometimes 100% whenever you hyper-focus like this. And then when it's done, I compartmentalize and move on. And if you have the systems, the team, and the hyper-focus, I mean, we, we, we built three successful businesses in our spare time. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I, I like the terminology you used. IPAs made me think of beer, of course. Yeah. I remember it. <laughs> Income producing activities. That's, that's awesome. So we're going to move on to our second part of the show, the legacy round. Everybody wants to build wealth, as you know, but few people really know how. So in this open forum, in this, in this segment of the show, I like to give the guests an option to choose between three different topics that talk about building that legacy wealth, right? And the, it's an open forum, so you can talk about your favorite acquisition that allowed you to scale the trajectory of your business or life. You can talk about practical tips on how to grow a portfolio, or you can talk about building an investor network. All three concepts I believe are very essential. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, let me start with what is the most important part of long-term success, which is building an investor network without question, mm-hmm. right? You've heard all the the cliche terms, your net worth is your net worth, worth and all yeah. that. All that. I, I mean, without question, well, let me just put it this way. At the very beginning, I didn't have a network. I had all the energy in the world. I you know, felt like I was reasonably intelligent and I'd read a lot and I'd done the courses. And so I had a decent amount of education, <clears throat> but I didn't have a network and I didn't have capital, which is pretty common for most people starting out. The deals that I did at the beginning were the best deals that I could do, that I could find, that I could structure. And I learned a lot from them, but they were very hard to do and I made very little money on them. Mm-hmm. Right? With the exception of my first wholesale deal, which I made 18,000 on, which was a lot for my first wholesale deal. But it was it was months of work and mind-numbing and like scary and all of the above. I did a deal six months ago that's going to net me around 300000 right? And I've done probably in the scheme of things from an hour-to-hour perspective around the same, maybe a little less work than I did for that first wholesale deal, which was the biggest deal I'd ever done at the time. The reason that I'm able to do that deal, the one that, made, that netted three hundred instead of the one that netted 18 is because of my network. I was able, it was presented to be by someone that I know. I put pieces in place like capital, right? In place to take it down. Four different capital sources, all from people within my network who immediately said yes. They looked at it. They looked at the numbers. They looked inside themselves and asked themselves if they trusted me, which of course they did. And 
then they acted literally a couple of days later. Wire, 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 money into the account, money into the account, right? And then trusted me to handle the whole thing. So it came from somebody in the network. The capital came from somebody in the network. The loan came from somebody in the network. And the deal itself, I was able to bring through to fruition. All from people within the network, none of it would have been able to happen if any of those pieces had been missing. Okay, so it was, I would say, without question, it was easier emotionally for me to do this deal for 300 than it was the deal for 18. The difference was not the deal availability, the capital availability, the intelligence, the education. It was network, right? It was a network. So I can tell you this. Now, you can't just manufacture a network out of nowhere, right? If you, if you don't know what you're talking about or you're like pretentious or you, you know, or trying to impress people with things you haven't done or you're, you're disingenuous, any of that stuff is going to inhibit you from creating a network. So you have to create it organically with you being honestly who you are. If you're a noob, be a noob. Don't put the, that whole fake it till you make it. Like I'm really on the fence about that one because like, I do agree that you should jump into opportunities you may not be ready for and just swing for the fences and do your best. I do agree with that. And if you don't know how to do something, say yes and figure it out later, the whole Richard Branson quote, I do agree with that. But when people take fake it until you make it and they use that as a reason behind lying about what they've experienced or what they bring to the table, no, no. Because number one, it's wrong. And number two, people are going to see through it, right? It's just, And you're going to get labeled as that, like, you know, the kid who's, who doesn't know what they're talking about, who's trying to pr impress people and no one's going to want to do business with you. When I was getting started at first, everybody knew I was new, but they knew I had a lot of energy. They knew I was never going to quit. They knew that, you know, I had the backbone of the education and I had a niche, that military niche, right? That, that, that they didn't have. So I, the fake it until you make it thing for sure, I would say, you know, that's 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 not cool. But you've got to start building your network right now. And this is what I would say to anybody that's going to listen to this. You have to start getting out to Rias. You have to start getting out to networking events. You've got to start building your network. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your family. Talk to them. Let them know what you're doing. Embarking on a real estate journey is an interesting endeavor because you will absolutely have haters because there are people who believe that real estate is an inherently risky endeavor. There are other people who believe that it's just too confusing or only for the wealthy. And there are other people who will believe that you yourself can't do it because you don't have what it takes. For sure. There are people who've got to believe that. Oh yeah, for sure. Who cares? They're not living your life. They're not living your life for you. You're living your life. And you have reams and reams of examples of ultra successful people who started with nothing and in real estate are crushing it. And they don't have anything more than you do. Mm -hmm. Right? All you have to do is find people who you relate to, who are further down the path than you are, and use that as social proof to drag you forward. And you can find that at Rias. You definitely find it within Whitefeather. And you can find it within the network that you're putting together and ADPI and all of the difference. You know, uh, what is it? Oh, shoot. What is the Bill Allen? He has a big group. Flip hacking, flip hacking, I believe it's what it's called or something like that. Bill Allen. I mean, he's crushing it. That dude's killing it, right? There's a ton of, if you're listening to this, hopefully I would think, you know, at least all military people, there are resources out there for you. Oh yeah. Right. So the network, I would say, yeah, I mean, I could talk about my favorite deal and all that stuff, but I mean, I kind of combined the two, that, that one where I, I did recently that, that, you know, it's crushing it. I, I like how you talked on the network for the, for the podcast that I've been doing. Everyone usually tries to talk about their deal, but a lot of people don't talk about the network part. And that really resonates for me because, you know, my story is my brand. My story is everything. Yep. 
and you and you talked about authenticity. You talked about just being yourself. It's you, some corny, nerdy kid, whatever. Like if that's you, that's you. you yeah, know? and that's what yeah. makes you. And I can't sit here. I first of all, I'm nowhere near. Just like you, nowhere near the norm of what people do in real estate. Sure. My the way I look, my the my story alone is going to make me stand out. And I always, I always get the looks. I got it when I was at the, at Annapolis and I get it when I walk in those meetups in, in Del Mar and I'm the youngest kid in there, yep. especially that I'm doing multifamily. And they're looking like, who is this dude that is tatted? And yeah, you're massive too. You're like a, a man beast. Some people are like, <laughs> good Lord, you know, but you yeah. know, with a healthy family and you're young. Right. And it's like, okay, this is, I mean, you know this, I don't, this is not news to you. They're probably thinking to themselves, all right, this guy probably doesn't know a ton and probably doesn't have that much experience under his belt. And so I'm, you know, I'm going to not spend like a big wage, probably not spend a lot of time with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit similar for me in that I was so young and I brought my wife with me and she's this like really pretty blonde girl. You met her the other day. And it, yeah. I mean, like it or not, when people need judgment, you know what I'm saying? Like when people see people like her, they often think, oh, well, she's just here for the show or she's, better. she's a serious investor. Well, but like, even don't know that. Yeah. You know? when, I, when I met your wife and she was just blowing the doors down. And again, being judged stereotypically off the way you look. And, and like we said, man, like that's, but again, that is what makes her unique. And that yeah. is what makes her stand out. Because when they do learn and she does speak, they're like, oh man. Yeah, that's right. Like that's right, and that's what carries her. That's the trajectory, and I think that's the beauty. It's in a way, your being your anomaly is mm -hmm. your greatest strength. I think what so building your network because yep. it makes you stand out. Yeah, that I I, I think all, all of the above. I think it's absolutely critical, and it's you know it's one of those real estate is one of those things where it, at least I found it is, or at least in the in in the you know the journey that I've had. I have found that it by and large rewards merit just the way the military does, right? The military by and large is a meritocracy, right? You can come in and I never had anybody ask me who my father was or like what he did, you know what I'm saying? Like, or what are his qualifications or, you know, do you come from the, a, a nice family or no one ever asked me that. They didn't care. They were like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, what have you done for me lately? And if you're screwing up right now, then you get torpedoed, right? And it's like, you got to fix yourself. And in real estate, you know, the general question is like, hey, what was your last deal? Like, what, what are you, what are you, doing? you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a meritocracy and I love that, you know? And I think that's a lot of a reason why a lot of vets have been doing well. Yeah. So moving on to our last segment of the show, the Giordano round, of course, the multifamily about the slice of loose to Chicago pizza. Deep Dish Pizza and Giordano's is one of the most famous number one places in Chicago. And Giordano's Italian, it stands for the flow of things. And we want our listeners to walk away with some knowledge, some actionable, actionable steps. So I got four questions for you, the rapid fire that you can answer. So the first one is routine is key. Describe what a typical day looks like for you and how small daily discipline tasks have helped you be successful. Without question, every day I have is mapped out with Google Calendar, right? This is something that's free that everybody has access to. If you, you if your day is not mapped out hour by hour, then you're letting life happen to you instead of you happen to life. And guess what? I have more free time, more relaxation time because I'm focused. So every single day is mapped out and I will start with typically the most time sensitive things first. Normally it's emails. I'll crush those with, like I said, Epic Music Mix. I don't let anything distract me. I have like a like healthy energy drink right here. 
I will drink that. I'll hyper-focus for maybe an hour and I'll crush everything. I'm the guy who has, you know, 10 or less emails unanswered in his inbox. If it gets over that, I'll start getting crazy. And so I do that. I try to structure in conversations with people that are income producing. So for instance, I had a solar call uh, earlier today with somebody who wants to do solar on his house, but he wants to also add HVAC. And so I was like, well, da da da. here's what we can do. That will very, very likely turn into a sale, right? Because he wants to move forward. So that's an in- income producing activity. <clears throat> and then I will focus on each day. I tend to focus on the things that are the most important for that week. So you want to look, I mean, I run four businesses now. And so depending on the type of business I'm looking at, I, I have to give you examples. Otherwise it just seems all too theoretical. Here's an example. I am in the process of buying two properties for white feather rentals. That's one of the businesses I run. Okay. So that's a time sensitive thing because we have to close on time. We have to do that. And so I'm, you know, I take a look at any emails that are from the loan company, the mortgage company, and I get those in. So earlier this morning, I, you know, they wanted to know about the other rental properties we have and what mortgages were attached to those. So I downloaded all the mortgage statements. I sent them into the loan officer and that now moves that forward. So those two acquisitions are going to be on time now. That's a time sensitive thing for white feather rentals. I told you about the income producing activity for solar. And then I have a very large sale that I'm doing for white feather investments and I'm moving that forward as well. And then I had a conversation with Scott Mackis about a last chance webinar we're going to have uh, for the accelerator where it they educates people on, you know, what, what's going on with the Accelerator 2.0 that launches in January and, you know, how they can be involved in that. And I talked about the annual summit that's coming up, <laughs> which is uh, next Friday. So I talked to the event coordinator for the annual summit and we've got, you know, like a hundred so people that are going to be joining that, learning about how to do deals and networking and things like that. So that was my day. But, but you don't have a day like that. Until, oh, and also this podcast, right? This was on my calendar as well. So... You don't have a day like that. And that sounds crazy and it may sound stressful. I haven't been stressed all day. I'm not stressed right now. I'm having a great time right now, right? Because it's all scheduled. And as soon as, you know, four o'clock rolls around, which is going to be here in 20 minutes, I'm going to shut everything down. I'm going to go play with my kids for the rest of the day, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can be a high energy, high powered, you know, sort of business person, whatever, and a family person and go skydive and do the things you want to do. If you're focused, you can do all that. There was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass to listeners to help them. What could it be or what would it be? Wow. That's a powerful question. One, one slice of pizza, one, one, one slice. Time. Oh, I love it. Okay. If there is one thing that you should keep in the front of your mind at all time, is the only thing that ever will change your life is action. It's not a business card. It's not a great conversation. It's not a book you read. It's not a podcast you listen to. It's not this. You may get great nuggets of wisdom from this, and I hope you do. And you may leave this thinking, wow, that's it. What those guys said changed my life forever. No, it didn't. What you do with that information is what changes your life. Because there will be hundreds of other people that listen to this same podcast and do nothing. Action is the difference between you and your dreams. It's the gap between you and your dreams being fulfilled. It's action. That's the one thing that I would say is the differentiator. I like that. I'm writing it down. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I'll have to remind myself too, because it's human nature to get a dopamine hit from something new you learn or something exciting you listen to or whatever. And then also there's no fear there, right? 
So there's no fear, but you get the dopamine hit whenever you learn something new. So people just get in this analysis paralysis of just learning and learning and learning. And that's where all these high cost education courses cash in because they don't care. It doesn't matter, right? They know you're going to pay for it. And you're going to say it was a great course, even if you do nothing with your life because of the dopamine hit. But action is what changes your life. Okay. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Real estate terms. Well, I mean, I would say put me on the spot like this. I'm just assuming that if you're wanting to invest in multifamily, you know all the basic terms like cap rate and various things. Those are critical. You gotta know you gotta know the terms like that. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm gonna say is the things that the terms that I would say are linked to the most important part of that. And one is leverage. Ooh. Leverage to me changes the whole game. Two is value add, mm-hmm. right? With with a multifamily and apartment syndications and various things like that, you don't treat it like you do single family. You don't treat it that you like you do small. You know, it's a business. You have to treat it like a business. And with a business, you can add value by creating more efficient systems, increasing the rent rolls, or adding value add opportunities. So whenever I go into an apartment acquisition, like the one I just did a, about a month ago, uh, the fourteen unit in Louisville. I, I didn't look at I first asked, can we short-term rental anything? Oh, no, it's not a great place to short-term rental. Okay, fine. Uh, what about the ground floor? Do they have any room? Of, oh, yeah, there's this like empty space. Okay, can we do coin-operated laundries? Can we do, or not coin, but now like uh, smartphone-operated laundry? Can we do any type of utilities, any type of things we can provide to them that they wouldn't have otherwise that are low capital expenditure up front but are recurring revenue source? I'm looking for ways to add value. Can we charge for parking? Can we do various things? I don't know. If you don't ask the question, you don't know. If they say no, you're right back to where you were. So value add, always be looking for value add. And then the third one for multifamily. Again, bear in mind, I know this is a multifamily podcast. I I buy multifamilies, but my primary gig has always been more residential. But I would say, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it with partner, but another way of saying it is network. I you just increase your capability so much whenever you have trusted people that you can bring into deals. I'll give you an example. The 14 unit apartment complex, it was an $800,000 acquisition, 790. And, you know, full rent rolls is going to be somewhere around 9,000. So it's a one point, you know, to whatever percent property. So the cash on cash return after it's all said and done, you know, is going to be hot, right? But we couldn't just, it was empty. So we couldn't just take it down with conventional financing because, you know, it wasn't rented. And so you couldn't go off the rent rolls and various things. And so it's like, and also we wanted it at a a discount because they wanted much more for it. So I offered cash, 800. And I have $800,000 in the bank right now. I I will never have $800,000 in the bank for more than a day or two because I always move it around, right? I always invest it, I always do it. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? And so I brought in a dear friend of mine who uh, is an accelerator graduate and, and now a very accomplished individual who, you know, you you know through various means and i was like hey man you want to do this well let's, let's split it 50 50 let's let's put in you know the same amount split it 50 50 and so it was like okay that's great but but neither of us wanted or had the ability to put 400 into it each so we're like okay let's go to the third amigo and he's a, a great friend of mine an accelerator graduate who has massive pockets but no time and so i said okay i tell you what let me let me put 150 in, you put 150 in, and we'll have this other guy bring in 500, right? And he could be a limited sort of partner where he basically, you know, he'll loan the money and then we'll pay him, you know, a little bit and, and give him his money back in three months after we do a cash out refinance. 
So they were, they were all like, yep, yep, sounds good, sounds good. And like a little while later, we took the whole thing down cash and we're in the process of renting it out right now and refinancing it. My point with all of that is that number one, it's more fun. It's way less stressful on me because I'm only in it for 150 instead of eight. And it provides value to people that I care about. So if you approach deals with more than just trying to get the most money possible, but instead trying to build a trusted network of people who you like and who are on the same journey as you and who have other resources that you don't have, deals become easier, they become more fun, and ultimately uh, your life is better. So what I would say is, you know, the third one would be partners, which is another way of saying network. I know that I hit that several times, but it's true, man. This With this 14 unit in Kentucky, there's no way I would have taken it down by myself. It would have been a lot more stressful. I could have done it, but it would have been more stressful, less fun, and, and less rewarding. like that. All right, last one. Education is critical in this business. What books, mastermind groups, or apps, digital well, right, would you recommend our listeners immerse themselves in? Well, I mean, the big one is one that if you don't know, then... You need to know right away. And I've seen them grow from infancy to where they are now, which is just a pleasure to watch. But Bigger Pockets. Bigger Pockets has it's probably in my mind for the, you know, the guys that are like us growing up and wanting, you know, access to to key information. Um, they have a lot of free content. A lot of it's good, some of it's not good. You have to really kind of parse through the free content. The books that they've written and endorsed and published and various things, those I've found are are typically very good. The podcasts are typically pretty good and it's just a wealth of knowledge, right? What I would tell people is don't go out there and spend $40,000 on a real estate course. And I'm not saying they're scams because most of them are not. Most of them are great education, but you do not need to spend that much money on an educational course. You just don't. You can get enough information to take action and change your life without spending that kind of money, right? And you see those, you see them at the like, Grant Cardone does it and like the New Wealth guys do it and Rich Dad does it and Ty Grinton and um, all, all of the different, I mean, there's there's very, very high price courses out there and you can absolutely do it. But having been through them myself, you don't need to spend that much money, right? If you want to spend money on a course, absolutely do it. Just make sure that it's going to get you where you need to go. Make sure that it's the kind of course that has your end goal in mind, not just educating you. There's a subtle difference, and I hope people are picking up on that. You need to get where you're going through action, not just educate yourself. And then as far as books, if you haven't read Reset for Dad, read it. If you haven't read it in the last two years, read it again. It takes two hours, maybe, max, to read it, and and it's it's critical to reshape your mindset. Uh, and then I'm just going to put this out there. A lot of people, they think about deals, they think about networking, they think about all that. What they don't know anything about or think about is tax strategy. Tax strategy is something that's confusing and scary to people, but for the people who take the time to understand it, it's the most powerful adjacent capability that you can create. The most powerful is doing deals. Do deals, do deals, do deals, make money. The second most, the most powerful adjacent capability is tax strategy. And I don't have time to get into it now. We go over it in great detail in the course. And I'll just say this. The average person that goes through the accelerator saves more money in tax savings during the course than they spent on the course. And it's because we're all doing it wrong. We're just, we, most of us don't know what we're doing as far as taxes go. And so it's like, well, I just got to pay these taxes, I guess. No, you don't. The wealthiest Americans have like a 15% effective tax rate. Why is that? Well, I know why. It's just a matter of how you use the tax law 
to support your business. People that move out, it's hilarious to me when people move out of California because they say the taxes are too high. I'm like, guys, you're just not doing it right. You know, but that's another story. Yeah, another story. Well, just thank you again, buddy, for your time. And how can multifamily by the slice listeners best get in touch with you or learn more about why Feather? I, I assume you're going to tell them about the website, but maybe aside from the website, is there email, LinkedIn, how they can best reach you? Yeah, well, for sure the website. And the reason I say that is because I, it's, I mean, you guys understand, right? It's at a position where like, if, if, if people just, you know, all sent me like messages or emails or something, that's all I'd be doing. And so I wouldn't be able to move like further forward if, if I would just constantly getting bombarded. And so what I would ask, please, is if anybody's interested, if you're military, if you're interested in, you know, the White Feather community, go to whitefeatherinvestments.com and listen to the podcast. They, they, they tell the story of how we got started, what we're all about, and, 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 and it gives an overview of kind of where we're focusing. Please do that before reaching out. But on the website, there is the, the you do have the ability to get in touch with us. And so you can literally go on the website and like fill out the information and, um, and, uh, and you can get in touch with us that way. Um, probably the easiest way. There you go. Well, again, buddy, thank you for the time. And I always leave my listeners with my favorite quote. I have it tatted on my arm, but it, it speaks to action. And I, I think that's why I wrote down what you said, you know, the difference between a comp that gap and accomplishing your dreams is, is, is action. And so my favorite quote that I live my life by is that gut check. At some point, there is no excuse. Either you'll do everything it takes to make it happen or you don't, mm-hmm. you know? So I just want to leave my listeners with that as always. And thank you for your time, buddy. Yeah, of course. All right. Awesome. Have a great one. Good show. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.